0: We are talking about heaven today. If you have any questions about heaven, we have these little cards that say questions about heaven on them. Put them in that little the basket back there where, where we, we're putting our offerings. Uh, put in that basket, and that card will magically appear on my desk. Uh, but put those cards in that, that basket. If you have any question whatsoever about heaven, don't put your name on there so you can ask. Even the embarrassing questions you feel weird asking, ask the question. Uh, there are There going to be dinosaurs in heaven. Put that question on the card. Put it in the basket. And, uh, and, and I'll address every question from the platform Either in the process of the message Or just as a separate portion I'll pull out some cards and start answering some questions But um, pop, those, pop those back there You know, I was watching a product reveal video Uh, It was about a year ago actually. Anybody ever watch those? Like a big company, they bring their CEO out and he gives this big presentation about a product. It's supposed to be the coolest, awesomest thing ever. They they come out with every uh, uh, superbly they can. This is the best, the most ever of anything that's ever existed in all of human history. Anybody ever watch any of those videos? Or you you watch the 15 minute summation of those videos? Um, Well, I was watching one about a year ago and I was reminded of this this past week. Um, This company was revealing a vehicle. And they called their vehicle Unbreakable. Uh, and to prove it, this guy came out with a sledgehammer. And he smashed the sledgehammer into the side of the truck. And nothing happened. No dents. It was amazing. He did it again. And everybody's like, oh, that's so incredible. Well, next, he set the sledgehammer down. Next to the sledgehammer was this giant steel ball. And so he picks up the steel ball, and he goes, you won't believe this. And he chunks that steel ball at the window of the, the passenger side window, it shatters. <laughs> and uh, he's embarrassed. The CEO walks out at that point. He's really embarrassed because they've just been touting. They get this big presentation about not only how unbreakable their doors are, how unbreakable their windows are. You can't, you could, you could send these windows into space and shoot them with bullets and nothing's going to happen. And uh, the guy throws the, the steel ball and that one shatters. And so they say, try the other window. Because uh, they want to prove how, how great the windows are. And so he pulls it back. Because they just also talked about how many times they had done this backstage. Nothing happened. He does it again. Shatters. I mean, just cracks everywhere. And the CEO goes, well, at least it didn't go through, <laughs> I guess. He later on explained when they hit, it with the, when they hit the door with the sledgehammer, it, sh- it, it shook something loose inside the door that made the window not so unbreakable. Uh, and it served to illustrate, in my mind, something we're going to talk about today Is really there is nothing we can know in this world that is truly unbreakable Everything breaks Unless you have one of those Nokia cell phones from the 90s Nothing breaks it, 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 I mean, or n- Nothing is unbreakable Everything breaks Everything. Bra- if you have a child and you have anything in your house It's going to break It just is or, you know, we got a, a puppy back in May. And so if you have a young child or a puppy, it's gone. Whatever. I, the dog had something last night. I can't even remember. What, it was some toy. I said, well, that's trash now. And I, you grab it out of the mouth, throw it in the trash. Sometimes you, as a parent, now this is a secret. My kids, shut your, shut your ears. You might set some stuff out you want to get rid of. Oh, the dog's got that. We've got to get rid of it now. That's a secret you can, you can take home. But uh, everything breaks except something we're going to see today. There is something we can be in possession of that is unbreakable, which is the title of the message today, Unbreakable. We can know unbreakableness in this life in a certain way, you know, in in the same way that we can know perfection ultimately in heaven, as we talked about last week, we're going to see today. Uh, But it's hard for us in our our human brains to really try to comprehend perfection because everything we've ever seen in our lives is imperfect. Everything is imperfect. Everything, I mean, from the grass to the trees to the person sitting down the row from you. Uh, And if it's your spouse, you better be saying right now, no, they're perfect, you're whispering that under your breath. But no, everything is imperfect in this world, but we will discover in heaven what perfection looks like, what perfection is in the same way that we will know what unbreakableness is. And the only way we can know this, and if you didn't watch or or listen to last week's sermon as we started talking about heaven, go back and look at it. It's on Facebook and YouTube. It's also on our podcast. Uh, You can check that out. We're going to look today, we're going to start, we're going to look at a bunch of scriptures, but we're going to start in a very interesting perspective. Because when talking about heaven, probably the best way to understand what's going on is from a first-hand perspective. Let's get the testimony of someone who's actually there. And so we're going to look at Revelation chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 9. Revelation chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Some, God, some people who are already in heaven. This is what some things that they say. And then I'm going to give you some, some things we can learn from this imagery that we're seeing with these people. And so if you don't know, Revelation is the last book of the Bible. Uh, it is a prophecy About what's going to come about At the end of the world And we did a study on Revelation Earlier this year uh, it's, a, it's like a 16 week study All those notes and everything is there too If you want to check that out on our website But um, Here in Revelation we get a glimpse Of some things that are happening From some people who are already there So Revelation chapter 6 Starting in verse 9 When he opened this, the fifth seal Now also if you're not a uh, revelation scholar, uh, something that's ha- every time that one of these they have this scroll in heaven, uh, and as they're opening, it's sealed with seven seals, and every time one of the seals is broken before the whole, you know, the whole thing is open. Every time one of the seals is broken, a judgment happens on the world, and so now they're on the fifth seal. The fifth seal is broken open, and something's going to happen. So when he opened the fifth seal, uh, John, who wrote the book of Revelation, says, "I saw under the altar." this altar that's before the throne of God, I saw the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God, for the witness they had borne. So he sees under the altar, John, who is is writing all this down, he sees martyrs, people who have been killed for their faith. Verse 10. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Verse 11. Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. And so let me, let's let talk about some things that we can learn from those verses there. A uh, perspective of people who are in heaven. Well, we can see they had been killed, so death sent them to heaven. They, they had to die. We saw this last week. In order to get to heaven, you have to do two things. Number one, you have to believe in Jesus. You have to be saved. Number two, you have to die to get to heaven. You have to believe in Jesus, and you have to die. That's how you access heaven. You believe in Jesus, you receive eternal life. That tells us that in John 17:3, Jesus tells us that. Uh, so you receive eternal insides, an <laughs> eternal soul And then when you die, you receive an eternal body, a body that is perfect, a body that is unbreakable, a body that will last forever. And so you have to do those two things. You have to believe in Jesus, be saved, and you have to die. And so these people here, they have believed in Jesus, they died for their faith. So death sent them to heaven. Also, something very interesting. Very, very interesting. It says, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, verse 10. How long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? They, they remember something that happened on earth. They, they have a, an awareness of something present on earth. Not, and, and you would think, you know, some people will say, and I've said this before as well, that heaven is so glorious and, and we're there in the presence of Jesus that we're not even going to think about anything that's on earth. You may have said that and thought that. I have. But what we get from this passage is remembering even their own death does not bring them uh, utter sadness or grief. I mean, they're still in the presence of Jesus. It's just something that has happened to them, part of their story. Right, Lynette? Part of their story that brought them. I don't see Lynette. She's not here. (laughs) I thought, I can't see Lynette. I was like, wait, I saw her earlier. She's not here now. Um, Tell her, Brittany, you tell her. She needs to be here in church. I'm calling her out right now. (laughs) Um, That they remember some things that are happening, but being in the presence of Jesus changes their perspective. Have you ever met somebody or two different people who have gone through maybe the same difficult circumstance, and they each have a different perspective of the circumstance? For one, it is devastating, and for the other, it builds their faith. And what we see here is their perspective because of their presence, uh, because of Jesus' presence in their lives, that doesn't bring them devastating sadness. It still builds who they are. So they have an understanding of what's been going on, an awareness of what's going on on the earth. But notice also they ask a question. So that, and they say, When will this happen? That indicates they're not going to know everything. That's also an assumption that we make. You won't want to get to heaven, I'm going to know everything. Well, they ask a question, so they're in heaven, but they don't know everything yet. That doesn't mean you can't ask and not know something. You can still ask. They do ask, and they get information. So they don't know everything, but they ask, and they learn something. So there's opportunity for growth and learning in heaven. So heaven is not just this place where we're all going to be Know everything, be, you know, have the biggest brains and That have ever existed, it's just going to be phenomenal We can still, it is going to be phenomenal Because we can still grow, we can still learn We can still build on, on what Jesus has put within us And so they ask this question, they're given an answer uh, Wait a little while longer so they learn uh, But that, that answer is also interesting Because in the answer, just rest a little while longer It's not time yet we, we, underst- we discover that there's time in heaven. Time still exists. It may not be time, you know, in the same way we understand time now. I mean, um, but time exists. It will exist in heaven. So looking at those things, it's also, you know, they, they, they have time. Uh, uh, death sent them to heaven. They have this awareness of earth. Now, this isn't the only passage that talks about that awareness of earth. Actually, later on in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 18 and in Revelation chapter 19, people in heaven praise God for stuff that is happening at that moment on earth. And so they praise God for stuff that's happening on earth. So they have an awareness of what's happening on earth because they praise God for it. And so there is an awareness of what's going on on earth. Now, think about that though in the inverse that there appears to be an awareness of earth for those in heaven, but there should also be an awareness of heaven for those on earth. We should have an awareness of heaven. It should be a part of how we act and how we live. And, that, and our level of awareness of heaven is helped by our anticipation of heaven. We anticipate heaven. And so we uh, uh, have this awareness of not just I am going to heaven, but heaven should have a direct impact on our lives here and now today. How we act now today. Because like I said earlier in John 17, Jesus said your eternal life starts the moment you believe. And so you have eternal life now. You should act as though you already have eternal life. Be, ex- be uh, experiencing it in heaven. And so, there should be an awareness of heaven in us. In how we act, in how we live, and how we speak to each other. and how we think about each other. and how we think about and how we think about other people who vote different than us. We should respond as though we are heaven-bound and not just earthly-planted for the moment. We should respond as though we are anticipating heaven. And this heaven anticipation isn't just something that we can grab now. It's something that's been going on for all of history. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10, talking about Abraham. Abraham was looking forward to the city that has its foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Abraham was looking forward to heaven, anticipating something that's coming. And to anticipate something is to imagine its experience. If you anticipate what you're having for lunch, you're already imagining what you're going to be having for lunch. I am. I don't know about you. I think about food a lot. Uh, You're anticipating, um, I had my sister text me the other day asking about Thanksgiving plans. I texted her back and said, Hannah, I haven't thought about what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know about Thanksgiving yet. Uh, but you anticipate, and once you start anticipating what you're doing at Thanksgiving, you start imagining how it's going to be, the experience it's going to be. You start anticipating uh, uh, the day after the election and imagining what that's going to be like, one way or the other way. You start anticipating something, and so it, it involved in our, however we're wired, you start imagining what the experience is going to be like, and that's the way it is. In heaven, and, and and Abraham did it here. It's also described in Scripture um, in Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse fourteen, and Second Peter chapter three, verse thirteen. That we who are believers now should be doing the exact same thing, anticipating a heaven that is coming. You say, well, how can I imagine heaven? I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to be like. You know, we, we've talked about these people talking about heaven. There's things they can experience in heaven. We talked about some of it last week. Well, we can see. In scripture that many things we experience here on earth are simply copies of what heaven is or things that exist in heaven heaven is referred to as a city in hebrews chapter 11 and in hebrews chapter 13 heaven is also called a country in hebrews chapter 11 now we know what cities are like the author of hebrews isn't going to use that word if if it's not going to if there's not something comparable there we know what countries are like but Different cities have different elements, different countries have different elements, but they also have things that make them the same. You know, even though the Queen is vastly different than New York City, there's still stuff that you say, oh, that's a city. They have buildings, they have roads. Uh, Countries similarly have uh, different elements, have services, have events, regions, diversity, unique culture that is there Heaven is, uh, these words are used in Scripture to describe heaven to help us understand better what it's going to be like. I mean, do you think, when we get to heaven, it's not simply going to be one flat, grassy area. We talked about last week how we should be thinking about heaven as though it is a massive planet more than it's somewhere in the sky because of the way scripture describes it. It's gonna be, there's going to be hills. There's going to be valleys. There's going to be cities. There's going to be places we're going to go. It's not just us sitting in robes singing all day long. I always thought that as a kid. That's what it's going to be. And just to be honest with you, when thinking that as a kid, I thought, that's going to be kind of boring. <laughs> Now, hopefully my dad won't watch this but My dad's a music minister I didn't want to. Tell him. That would be boring Singing in, in, in wherever we're at Mike put it on this camera Dad when we were in service always when you sang I was actively engaged and that would be my favorite If you sang the king is coming always for all eternity Although then he will have come already um, Just that has a, That's a totally PS That's my favorite song of all time Is when my dad sings king is coming and I would always ask him to sing it, but he would always sing it the week after I came to Houston. So, so uh, maybe next time I come, he'll, he'll sing it for me. Um, but in heaven, the king will have already come, and we'll know some of these instances. But there's also something else, another way heaven is described. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, John writes, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Now, the way he uses the description, I'll leave that up just for a second, Omar, heaven and earth. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The way it's described there and in the verses that come after this, that new heaven and new earth is like a combo. It's not like two separate places. Now, when he says the first earth and the first heaven, or uh, first heaven and first earth have passed away, that's like two separate places. But the way he describes a new heaven and a new earth, it's like one, new heaven earth, one new existence place, one new planet, one new place we're going to experience things. And he refers to this as a new earth. Now, we know what earth is like. We've experienced earth. Paul actually writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that what will be experienced we can look at now as though through a dirty mirror. And so it's not going to be totally outside of our minds. That is something we can never anticipate. There will be things like trees. I mean, trees existed before sin did when the world was perfect, grass existed before sin did when the world was perfect. It was there in the garden. Eaten in, in paradise as is described but notice that distinction distinction between the earth and the heaven that are experienced now and the one that will be coming because the first earth and the first heaven, the current heaven, the current earth are temporary he says because they will pass away now that's an interesting concept the current heaven is temporary it's temporary It's not going to last forever. He says it right there in the verse. It will pass away. It will go away. Permanent heaven is spoken of and called new heaven, new earth. New earth. Completely new experience, although familiar at the same time. It will be familiar to present earth in a lot of ways, but will be perfect. Because present earth has been cursed and it has been broken and growing more broken for thousands of years. New earth will never break. It will never break. And so right now there exists this earth. There also exists a heaven. But there will be, as he says, a new heaven later. One later. But we can still call temporary heaven heaven. Because heaven is where God resides. Just as home is where the heart is, heaven is where God is. God is in heaven. And it's prophesied even in the Old Testament that when the new earth comes in, in Revelation 21, it will be God living among his people. I mean here. Like you can walk up to him. Like Moses on the mountain seeing God walk by. You can walk up to him. You can't do that now. Our bodies aren't prepared for that. But you can then. And so think of it like new or er, current heaven, the imagery is we go up. New heaven, new earth, the imagery is God comes down. As he did with Jesus. He comes down and resides with us. Present heaven is, is, is a present physical place. It, it, it's a present physical place. If you die right now, you will go to heaven, a place where God is, God dwells. Uh, and ultimately, when, when that heaven is done away with, passes away, Revelation 21, a new heaven, new earth comes, that is where we will all be together. Uh, In permanent heaven And so we can see this In in a unique space Because present heaven exists Even though there is time there And it is a physical place It exists as though it's in another dimension Kind of outside of our time Outside of our physical realm Uh, It exists outside of that But there are times that people In this plane of existence In this dimension Can see into that one We've seen that in Acts chapter 7. Stephen, he full of the Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. He was given heavenly eyeballs to where he could see what was happening around him, but he could also see into that heavenly dimension also current heaven does exist it is a physical place it is somewhere where god resides now and so stephen saw there and recognized it as heaven but what we have here even though that is there and that even though it is temporary heaven it is still a perfect place because it's where god is god cannot be near imperfection he has to be Uh, surrounded by perfection, which is why Jesus came and died so that we could get close to God and we can know perfection, have all of our sins forgiven if we believe. And so uh, this place is just a copy of what is to come, a broken copy that's been growing more and more broken over time, but it is just a copy. That's just not something I'm saying. That's in Scripture, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5. It's a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. A copy and a shadow. There's similarities, but it's it's uh, there's also differences. You know, you copy something; it's not the same as as the original. I remember in uh, to show how hard it was for the the guys who would copy scripture. You know, back in the day, scripture was was compiled, like in the first century, and when Paul wrote it down, he wrote it down in Greek, and then he had guys who would copy it and, and take it out, and we were talking in class, it was in Greek class, about how there's, you know, maybe a typo here, or, there, or not a typo back then, but, you know, a, a misspelling or something uh, on some of those copies of copies of copies, and so my professor, he told us in the room, he's dead now, he's in heaven, he said, if any of you can take just one book, take Matthew, and copy it, Word for word, comma for comma, period for period, perfectly. I will take you to the most, we, we were in Dallas, the most expensive steak restaurant in the whole city, and I will buy you whatever you want on the menu. But if you don't do it, you've got to take me. <laughs> no one took him up on that uh, offer. Some of us tried, and we didn't get, get through one chapter before we messed up. Uh, it is incredibly hard to do that, but... Uh, What we have or what we will have in heaven is perfect, but what we have now is just a copy It's just a copy it's just A copy an imperfect copy that is growing more and more broken Over time and so even the world we have now isn't The same world adam and eve had even though it was broken then It has just become more and more broken now over the thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And so we get to heaven, there will be things we can recognize, but the perfection will almost be overwhelming to us, like taking our breath away. Like, whoa, that's what it was supposed to look like. That's what it was supposed to be. It'll be overwhelming. It'll be incredible. Present earth is patterned after heaven. One being a copy that was broken by the curse of sin. And one being the source, the perfect source, but still physical. Now that curse that introduced the brokenness into the world, that's in Scripture. That began in Genesis chapter 3. God told Adam, cursed is the ground because of you. Cursed is the ground. In the Hebrew, that word ground literally means ground or earth. Cursed is the earth because of you, because of your sin, because of what you did. Cursed is the ground. Curses is the earth. And so that's where the curse began. And things got more and more broken as time went on. But so that's Genesis chapter 3, right at the very beginning. And we skip ahead all the way to Revelation chapter 22. Very, very, we go from the beginning all the way to the end. Revelation 22, 3. No longer will there be anything accursed. You know what that means? No more curse. It's gone. It's Gone. I mean, the curse that has existed since there were only two people on the planet will no longer exist. No longer will there be anything cursed. That means no longer will there be anything that's imperfect. No longer will there be anything that's breakable. It's done away with because the curse is gone. Because of what happens that is mentioned in Acts chapter 3. It will be the time for restoring all the things. Acts 3 verse 21. The time for restoring all of the things. The time, that will be the time for restoring. Now, th- this is very interesting. We're going to go down a tangent here. Uh, not really a tangent. It was designed. But the restoring there. This, this word is incredibly important. Uh, it means to, to return, to change to a previous state. So this will be a time for restoring all of the things. Because in Genesis, when everything was created, it was good. God declared it good. It was perfect. Then sin came and broke it and introduced the curse. And that's where we are now, thousands of years, having lived in a broken world. But the curse will cease to exist because of what is said in Acts 3, everything will be restored. Everything will be restored. And so we hear that, we think, okay, well, what does that mean? Return to a previous state. Well, if he's bringing something new, how can it return to what was? How can there be restoration if it's totally a new thing? And that's where we go to the words of Jesus, because he's the one who's actually going to do it. This is in Matthew chapter 19, verse 28. Jesus says this, I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his throne, and he goes on, something, something's going to happen. But I want to focus on that, that phrase, the new world. He says, in the new world. That translation is trying to understand a, a phrase that's in the original language, the Greek there, this is difficult for us to grasp. Because what that word literally means, it's, it's a phrase in English, the new world, but it's one word in Greek. It means born again. Born again. You ever heard that phrase before? Born again. Rebirth. Regeneration. Born again. So, in the new world, he's talking about the end times. He's talking about when the new earth comes. When the new heaven, earth comes it will be a a rebirth a regeneration that will be happening so just as we will be redeemed and have been redeemed and we will be resurrected physically eternal and physically perfect so also will the earth will be rebirthed a rebirthed earth regenerated earth perfected earth and so look at the timeline earth was created Then earth was contaminated, it was corrupted, earth was cursed, earth is dying in the process of dying, and then earth will ultimately die, but earth will be resurrected, and earth will be renamed as a new earth, a new heaven earth, completely remade, completely redone, not in the same sense of, you know, if if you have a broken phone and you take it back to the store and you say, I need this fixed, and they take it and they just fix the broken part, Anybody ever done that? You take something back and it's renewed, or you go on Amazon to buy something and they say it's a renewed item, that's why it's so cheap. That's because somebody sent it back and they fixed the broken part and sold it again. Um, but this is a completely different type of deal that we're talking about here. You see, because uh, while, while the store or Amazon may replace the broken part, God's going to replace all of the parts. All of the parts. Because salvation brings new internals. Death brings new hardware introduces a whole new body that will last forever. Salvation gives us something new on the inside where we are broken on the inside because of sin. We're broken on the inside because we have sinned and everyone around us have sinned and we live in a sin-cursed, broken world. And so our insides get renewed and remade when we believe in Jesus. John 17, 3, that I've told you now four times that salvation or, or, or eternal life begins when you get saved, when you believe in Jesus. And so our insides get remade at that moment. And so, if you believe in Jesus right now, you've got new insides, you've got eternal insides, you've got perfect insides. I'm not talking about your stomach. Some of you have stomach problems. I got stomach problems. Some of you got pancreas problems. My son's got pancreas problems. Some of you've got kidney problems. I'm not talking about that. That's physical. I'm talking about inside. Your soul is new, 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 unbreakable. Your soul cannot be broken cannot be touched no matter what satan does to you no matter how hard he comes after you no matter what else 2020 throws at you it's not over because you've got something that's going to last forever already in you and then when death comes you get the physical part that's going to last forever it's always going to exist it's going to be unbreakable unbreakable so no matter how hard it may feel or how overwhelming it may get or what, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow you haven't even anticipated yet, whatever's coming, you, you're unbreakable. It's not going to break you, no matter what it is, no matter what it is. I heard a song the other day. just came out on Friday. This, the song goes, this is how you walk on water, one step in front of the other. You don't think about step 27. You want the miracle, you start with step 1. This is how you walk on water, one foot in front of the other. This is how you walk in in a world that is broken, even though you yourself are unbreakable as your soul is unbreakable and will last forever, one step in front of the other with your eyes fixed on Jesus because he's the one who is going to bring your unbreakable body to you. Unbreakable because it's out for delivery, as we saw last week. It's coming, and man, what a day that will be. I just had a flash of the hymn. Oh, what day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Unbreakable. That's the only way we can see the full glory of God in heaven is with unbreakable eyeballs. Your breakable eyeballs can't do it right now. I got glasses on. I take them off. You're a bunch of blurry people. I, I, no, I can't really. I mean, I, well, I just had them on, so I know where you are and who you are. But you're all blurry to me. Even that timer on the, or that clock, I can see what it is because it's huge. We made it so I could see it. <laughs> but it, it it's, it's there. It's all blurry. In heaven, it's not going to be blurry. I'm not going to need these in heaven. I'm not going to need them. Even though when they sold them to me, they said, these are unbreakable. I know they're not. I have kids. I've already had to replace parts of them. In heaven, I'm not going to need even these breakable things that the earth said was unbreakable because I am going to be unbreakable. You're going to be unbreakable. It's unbreakable. Everything you're going to experience. And so however you feel you are right now, whatever emotional state you find yourself in, however somebody described you when you were a kid and it's still been, been, been chipping away at your insides, at your mind, however somebody described you yesterday and you feel belittled and, and broken, what happens is Jesus remakes the broken unbreakable he remakes the broken unbreakable no matter how broken you are and we're all broken he remakes us unbreakable unbreakable nothing can break your spirit because of jesus you say well i'm not in heaven yet my body can break yeah your body can break and then what happens you're in heaven unbreakable body Just like Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Either way, we get the good part of the deal. Unbreakable. So you can experience that unbreakable experience now in knowing Jesus, believing in Jesus, and know that when you step into eternal heaven, when you step into the the existence of perfection, you will be perfect also. You're not stepping into it with the breathing problem. You're not stepping into it with with trouble walking up this ramp we got here in the sanctuary. You're not stepping into it with a knee issue or a back issue because the cold weather hit this week. You're not stepping into it with any of that. You're stepping into it unbreakable. And so is everybody around you. If somebody has gone and beat you to heaven, maybe because Jesus loves them more so he wanted to see them faster. (laughs) If somebody has gone and beat you to heaven, they're already experiencing unbreakable everything. Everything. And, and we, we've seen from the passage, there's an awareness of what's going on in the moment, and they're anticipating that excitement of you walking into heaven, experiencing what's there. And we know from Don Piper's testimony, 90 minutes in heaven, we've had him here in the, in the church, that those who have beat us, who've had a spiritual impact on us, will, meet, will greet us at the gate of heaven, will greet us there we're almost there, guys. Almost. You say, well, I'm young. I may not die for 60, 70 years. Well, think, what is 60, 70 years when compared to a 1,000, when compared to eternity? It's a blink of an eye. Man, we're almost there. Eternity, unbreakable. And so all the stuff that is going on right now is just stuff that's going on, it's going to pass, all of it's going to pass, and we will experience that unbreakable nature that is in heaven. But you've got to know Jesus first. You've got to know him. If you don't know Jesus, all you will ever know is brokenness. You will never be healed. You will never be fixed. You will never experience the unbreakable nature that he wants to issue to every single person he created. You've got to know Jesus You've got to know Jesus to be unbreakable. And so what that means is believing that Jesus is God's Son, that He died so all your sins would be forgiven, and then He rose from the dead so you can live after you die. And so you believe that. You, 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 you gain eternal life. your eternal perfect insides. And then you gain perfect hardware, perfect outsides when we step into heaven, when death comes. And we will be totally remade from the inside out, experiencing eternity. Unbreakable, but you've got to know Jesus. So whether you're in the room or you're watching online, if you want to be unbreakable, now is your moment. If you want to believe in Jesus, now is your moment to believe. Jesus, God's Son, died for your sins to be forgiven, rose from the dead so you can live after you die. And if you're in the room and you want to know that, we'll be here at the front. We would love to talk to you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to celebrate with you. If you're online and you want to believe, if you want to be unbreakable, if you want to know Jesus, click that button right below me. Wherever you're watching from, Facebook, YouTube, on our website, there's a button or a link on every one of those places that says, I made a decision. Click on that. Just give us your name, how to contact you, and what your decision was, and I will contact you tomorrow. And I will, I will, I will contact you tomorrow. Come straight to my email. I'll hit you up tomorrow and, and, and celebrate what God is doing in you. Um, you can also have a prayer request. You can send it to us there as well. Uh, but uh, uh, God wants every person he's created to experience the unbreakable nature of eternity. But you've got to believe in him. You've got to believe in him. Y'all pray with me.